Hello, Cardinals fans. Welcome in. This is the Revenge of the Birds podcast brought to you by revengeofthebirds.com. Uh, my name is Blake Murphy. You can find me on Twitter at BlakeMurphy7. I'm joined, as always, by my podcast co-host, Venerable John Venerable. Johnny, how are you doing overall tonight? I'm doing well, Blake. It's it's great to be back talking Cardinal football as we inch closer and closer to uh, the Combine, followed by free agency, and then, of course, the draft. And speaking of the draft, uh, a specific quarterback who recent recently declared uh, is really our topic of discussion tonight by, I think, most people's surprise, that being Kyler Murray, who has come out and has declared for the NFL draft, uh, said he is fully committed to football, uh, spurring, uh, spurning the Oakland A's in the process, was a first-round pick of the A's, had every intention of playing baseball, uh, had a Heisman Trophy season, winning season in Oklahoma and has now uh, opted to go the football route, which is the, the correct way, in my opinion, more guaranteed money quicker. Uh, and he gets you know all the celebrity and fame, the endorsements that come with being a rookie quarterback. Uh, but it's the correlation and the connection now that folks are making between the Cardinals, who, of course, have pick number one, and Kyler Murray and uh, the affinity that Cliff Kingsbury has for Murray has come out and, and was vocal long before he accepted the Cardinal position and those in the media like to connect the dots and are looking for content, looking for clicks at this point. And because Josh Rosen had a lackluster rookie season um, and I don't put that on him one iota uh, folks are ready to write him off, which is disappointing Blake, but at the same time, not surprising. Yeah. The biggest thing I think that's interesting is this is perhaps what comes with the territory of the number one pick. I think back to the 2017 draft, especially, or even going back to the 2016 draft, you had two teams at number one who potentially, you know, had either quarterback need in the Browns, but also a number one player on the board in Miles Garrett, go back to 2016 and Marcus Mariota and the Titans, I believe he'd been drafted the year before a difficult year. Ken Wisenhunt was the captain of the ship that year was fired partway through the season. I believe at least uh, either the next season after that or during that one. And it just turned into a, interesting type of dilemma because this is something that we didn't really see coming we thought it was going to be more of who are the cardinals going to trade back with who's going to trade up for a quarterback we hadn't really considered the ideally so i think that's what we wanted to talk about overall tonight was starting off with john where do we think that you talked about with cliff kingsburg where is the rest of where these rumors are coming from because it can't just be you know, that Rosen struggled. It can't just be at least that Cliff Kingsbury was complimentary of it. There's at least some questions that a lot of people are having about Rosen's fit in the scheme of Cliff Kingsbury compared to what a Kyler Murray, who's a bit more athletic, who's got as good of an arm, uh, really played and had a Heisman-worthy, obviously, season, won the Heisman Award at Oklahoma, was a guy that Cliff recruited and apparently still seems pretty close to for the most part. What else do you see as far as for why so many people in the media are making this connection and why it, you know, didn't seem to be as obvious to us as fans. Are we just putting a little bit too much stock into Rosen's development and being able to maybe go through Jared Goff or maybe even closer to a Mitchell Trubisky type of change in development in their second season? Yeah, absolutely. Blake, I, I think Jared Goff is a great example. I know how many in the media and the fan base for the Rams wanted to write him off after one season. Uh, and it was a detriment to him because of the staff and the roster he had in place with the uh, LA Rams. Uh, I mean, it, he looked like um, kind of a shell of what he was in college. 
And I don't know if I'd go that far with Rosen, but of course he was hampered by a defensive-minded head coach, by a roster that was fielding a preseason offensive line, uh, very, very um, average scheme schematics offensively. Um, And then you compare what Rosen went through with the likes of Baker Mayfield and his supporting cast, Lamar Jackson, his supporting cast, his offensive line, a defensive uh, strong football team. Um, Rosen by far had the worst uh, supporting cast you could argue in the entire league and, and the worst since Josh, or excuse me, since Jared Goff. So I think that's why folks are essentially writing off Josh Rosen at this point where in a year ago uh, at, around this time, people were saying that that was the most savvy pick of any team in the first round. Like Rosen had no business falling to pick number 10, mm-hmm. the Cardinals hit the jackpot. And then of course, you know, people want to pile on uh, because you see some of these other rookie quarterbacks have success. Um, how much of it is sustainable? You know, I'm not really sure, um, but we can get into that on a different day. But going back to Kyler, and Kyler is the shiny new toy, right? And I get it. People want to connect the dots to Kingsbury. Look, he would be a nice fit in this offense. I've got questions. Uh, and I think he has major limitations down the line in the NFL, but I think his skill set is, is something to the effect of he could come and have some success right away. I just don't trust any individual in the NFL playing quarterback, you're going to get hit five, nine, five, nine and a half. I mean, we, we, we've really never seen it before. Um, he's weighing in right now, rumored to be around 190 pounds. I mean, Russell Wilson is the natural comp for a lot of people. Russell Wilson is, I think five eleven. He came into the NFL. I know at the combine, he weighed in at two fifteen. And if you've ever, of course, you've seen Russell Wilson play. He is a built individual his lower body he's got tree trunk thighs he's put on muscle over his career um and it's really helped him extend his career in the nfl and he's become a a hall of fame caliber player in my opinion and a heck of a pocket passer kyler murray has to go against conventional history in the nfl now the the pundits will say well look at baker mayfield from last year and i would agree that the that the nfl is much more quarterback um, friendly than it ever has been. We've seen these schematics from the college game come up and have success in the NFL. But Baker Mayfield was an elite quarterback prospect in the sense that, again, he had the measurables. I think he's got a similar, if not a better arm than Kyler Murray. Uh, certainly a better intermediate thrower the football. Much more accurate. Mobile. He was, yes, he wasn't. He's not an. He um. He's not a runner, but he has great athleticism. Baker Mayfield wasn't small. I mean, he's. He's about right around six foot, six, six foot and a half. I mean, he's got at least three inches on Kyler Murray. He's probably got a good 20 to 25 pounds on him. And remember, Blake, the questions last year on top of the maturity, unfortunately, were Baker Mayfield's too small. He can't do this. But at the end of the day, you could always say Baker Mayfield's ceiling is probably Drew Brees. And last season, he, he showed that he's probably worth taking first overall. You have no comp. You have no NFL comp right now for Kyler Murray. But what you can say is this is where the NFL's headed. I don't know about that. I don't think I'd go that far. I do think he can come in and have success, but I do think you know, athletically he's very gifted, clearly. I think he's going to go to the combine and light it up. Uh, I think he's got enough touch and accuracy with the football that, you know, as long as he progresses as a passer. But, you know, all it takes is one hit. These guys, you know, Khalil Mack, these, these elite defensive ends are 6'4", 260, and can run 4'5". I mean, at the end of the day, he 
small guys get hurt. Little guys get hurt. We've seen it time and time again. I would not want to put my franchise around somebody this small. I think the question, if we're, and it's it's lunacy for me to, to even have this discussion after what I watched Rosen go through last year and, and what the kind of player I believe he can be. But if you're really talking about moving on, the player you should be talking about is Dwayne Haskins, not Kyler Murray for the first overall pick. That's my opinion. I, I can't imagine putting the tape side by side, watching those two individuals watching them at the combine, watching them work out, meeting them, shaking their hands and saying, how how in the world would somebody take du- or, um, Ty- Kyler Murray over Dwayne Haskins? Dwayne Haskins is 6'3 and a half, 6'4", built, precision passer, 50 touchdowns in the Big Ten, is a, mm-hmm. is a true thrower of the football, runs and uses his athleticism if he has to. He's kind of in that Big Ben mold, uh, can stand in the pocket, make the tough throws. I mean, like, that's a whole separate argument. But because the, um, you know, the former Texas Tech offense, is it the run and shoot offense or the air raid offense with Texas Tech? Mm-hmm. That's had so much success now, quote unquote, in Kansas City with Patrick McCombs that people want to connect the dots. But again, you're talking about Mahomes, who we loved, elite level prospect, 6'3", yeah. has the arm. You know, that's not Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is an outlier right now in, in the draft process. And until he goes and somebody like him has success, sustainable success year after year. I mean, Baker Mayfield's only got the one year. We don't really know what's going to happen. I do know that a lot of quarterbacks like Josh Rosen have come in. They had a rough rookie season. They bounced back with a new coaching staff. And he's always had the intangibles, the attributes, the arm strength, the size. You know, I know what I'm getting, I think, in, in, in the long run. I think I'm getting some kind of version of Matt Ryan's best. But – I don't know what I'm getting with Kyler Murray, and I don't think that's worthy of the number one overall pick. Yeah, it's interesting that you're bringing up with looking at the biggest difference between the two uh, prospects with Dwayne Haskins, because I agree with you as far as a Haskins is more of the prototypical. It's also interesting where, you know, he only had like, I believe it was like a, under 200 yards rushing in college, which Kyler Murray had a thousand yard rushing season, at least just this last year in his Heisman year. And some of that comes down to, I think, with fans are looking at, the scheme, the idea of the air raid, and looking at the prospect of, all right, if you're going to bring in a quarterback who's going to be kind of a dual threat, that's the idea of what people are looking at. They're looking for the athletic dual threat quarterback. And there's a lot of, you know, negatives that can come at least with a quarterback who not is short because we've seen that there's quarterbacks who with they need throwing windows, lanes. There's negatives that people have talked about as far as you have to drop the quarterback further. We've seen guys like Chandler Jones or Marcus Golden get to Russell Wilson because of that. The height still isn't even as much as an issue, I think, as the build because, like as you said, John, there's a certain build that in the NFL that they look for as far as a bigger size now that doesn't necessarily mean as far as injury, and that maybe is something that you, know, you could either look, take or look past, but I would be more concerned with Kyler Murray and the idea that he seems to be fully committed now to baseball. I know that was something we looked at. You can even Google it now with his dad had the same type of conundrum where he spent a year in professional baseball in the minor league system season didn't go all that well he ended up moving I was accepted to basically in a sense transfer to become the quarterback at Texas A&M the Milwaukee Brewers the team that he had been for sued him were basically saying hey you're like you're violating your contract we don't want you after we paid you this money to go now and go back to play football and get hurt and <laughs> he ended up winning that case but it turned into kind of an area of that's one of the biggest people who's been giving advice as far as for how he's going to manage. And he's really is making a football decision. He's decided to pay back part of a $4 million contract that he's gotten from the Oakland athletics was a first round draft pick for 
uh, baseball. He's going to basically get around 15, maybe even up to $20 million guaranteed by being a first round pick in the national football league. So it's more of an injury risk. It's also a kind of a question of, you know, is this going to be kind of a Dion or a Bo, a Bo Jackson of potentially going back and forth? I, I really am not sure. I do know that it's turned into a spot of a lot of the questions where we only found out, you know, like this week that he was going to be going and attending the NFL combine. So I think that's going to be something teams will have to ask. He hit a, a difficult interview, as I believe we've talked about previously, that was hard to watch. I think that it really ends up going back to the question of uh, the two biggest reasons why you would look and why people are connecting the Cardinals to Kyler Murray is number one, they're wondering at least about the Cliff Kingsbury edition. They're trying to say, hey, is there more of a fit here for what we think his air raid system is going to be the fit? In other words, it's you're trying to find a player that fits the system, which we've seen already with the Steve Wilkes method of you're not really adjusting to the player's skill sets or adjusting your scheme to the player. I don't think that's why the Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe there's going to be some questions or some limitations you have as far as you're not going to be able to, you know, be able to run a whole lot of like quarterback draws, for example, with Josh Rosen, obviously. But the other thing at least seems to be where there's that question of, is Josh Rosen really the guy? And that's the thing I think we should probably talk about, John, is do we see enough from Rosen in year one to be able to say, hey, yeah, we're sold on this guy as a quarterback of the future. I don't think the national media did. I think like for me looking at, I looked and counted this year, there's probably about five games this year where Josh Rosen had a bona fide game winning drive. At least it would be if, you know, your defense holds offense as good as a game winning drive. After the Bears game that had the interception that was thrown, it was a late poorly timed ball. Uh, you had the Niners game, at least, with the first kind of start for that. You had the game-winning drive of the Seahawks game, which was ruined by a third-and-two call. So there's another game-winning drive that was ruined. The Raiders game, he went and took a touchdown to take the lead. Defense caves in. They give up the plays. You see the Packers game where they did get a win. And then at the end of the year, you see the Seahawks game driving down the field, drops pass by Trent Sherfield. So really out of those five games where there was potential game-winning drive opportunities, only two of those games actually turned into game winning uh, game winning drives that he executed properly so i think it's a little bit difficult to be able to judge off of how difficult you know how tough the situation was as you talked about the scheme it's also interesting because i would argue he showed more this year as far as with less talent around him than jared goff showed his rookie year goff if you look at how their roster was constructed they added like uh, they solidified the tackles their scheme was much more able to be suited to todd Gurley's strengths they actually threw the ball to him more they brought in a few wide receivers who weren't dropping passes all over the place were able to solidify up the position in 2017 and they got a bona fide genuine play caller all of those things are things that the cardinals have going for them this year and you throw in the benefit at least that we've seen with vance joseph of getting back to the three four potentially bringing in a difference maker on defense i think that will be able to help a lot of teams running the football on the cardinals there's a lot of things that seem to line up that seem to say, hey, Josh Rosen might be a guy who could take the leap next year. Instead, we're seeing a lot of people in the national media saying, hey, maybe you don't want to take the leap. Maybe you should just go ahead and say Kyler is a better option. So that'll be kind of the question I'll pose to you, John. Is Kyler a better option? Or in that sense of do we seen enough to bail from Josh Rosen? Or do you think that we're looking at this all the way wrong, that Rosen is either the better option or he's the best option for now versus Kyler, or that it's not worth it to go through that scenario. I, I'd pose that question to you, John, of what are your thoughts at least that you have on Rosen versus Murray if the, in the middle of this discussion? I like Rosen more. I, I honestly do. I'm not 
being uh, biased because of my uh, stance on him from a year ago. Um, I think, again, the conversation, if you're really going to have that conversation, would be how does Josh Rosen stack up against Dwayne Haskins, who I think is the clear-cut number one quarterback in this class and probably would have been in the mix for a top-ten pick last year if he was coming out uh, and had the season he had. Kyler Murray, to me, fits in with that second-tier group, I believe, from a year ago with Lamar Jackson, with Kyle Aletta. That's just my opinion. Um, And I do put a lot of stake on how he's made I mean if you look at the numbers yes they were they were phenomenal he's going to spend you know I don't I don't put too much stock in him under center in the NFL clearly he's going to be under shotgun wherever he goes that is Cliff Kingsbury's MO I get that Um, and Rosen is not the most mobile quarterback in the world but I think he's got some sneaky mobility that he showed a year ago and Certainly he can move better than quarterbacks that the Cardinals have had in the past. Remember the Green Bay game where he had, I think he broke off like a 50 or 60 yard run in that game. So I, I think I think the national media has a way of piling on, piling on it and wanting to dissect what's new and exciting today. And again, I'll go back to my original point. Josh Rosen, to me, a year ago, was praised as this surefire pro-ready quarterback. And it turns out that really – no quarterback, given that situation that they saw a year ago, like Rosen had, outside of you know maybe Peyton Manning is a rookie, Andrew Luck is a rookie, unless it's a transcendent talent at quarterback, which I've never claimed Rosen was, how are you supposed to elevate a group like that? And, and furthermore, how are you supposed to overcome coaching like that? I think that's the biggest thing. It was a detriment to, to, to Josh that he was – because his intellect, we know – basically is is second to none of a lot of individuals who are 22 years old. We get that, especially from a football standpoint. Mm-hmm. But when you're at that, at that much of a disadvantage every week, when the defensive coordinators you're going against are so far ahead of the offensive staff that the Cardinals fielded last year on the coaching side, you, you have no, you have no shot. And then you combine that with the offensive line play. He, he deserves a fair shot. And I know the NFL is, is a, what have you done for me lately league? But again, uh, we haven't even dissected the Steve Kime facet of all this, the the, the Steve Kime element of all this, meaning Kime is essentially on a year-to-year basis. We get that. His his seat is very hot based off of his tenure in the first round, his DUI last summer. I mean – how how would it look? He gave up a third round pick for this guy to move up last year. You're gonna you're gonna push him aside, take another quarterback, get what you can for Rosen. Just mm-hmm. to me, it just doesn't make sense. And then I heard a bite on the radio, and it kind of sums up everything, right? That if the Cardinals take Rosen first, or excuse me, take Murray first overall, the likely landing spot for Rosen would be with Bill Belichick and the New England <laughs> Patriots, and the Cardinals could get pick 32 for him, right? People are like, that's best case scenario. New England would jump all over that. Well, why the hell are is New England jumping on that because Bill Belichick knows more than everybody else? Probably, but at the same time, if you're connecting the dots there, if Bill Belichick thinks he can be a franchise quarterback and the heir apparent to Brady, then why are the Cardinals trading him away? That doesn't make any sense to me. What you're admitting is we can't get the best of Josh Rosen because we're incompetent, we're inept, we can't be challenged. We can't right. I can't fit into, I can't fit around Josh Rosen, so therefore I bring in a quarterback who right. fits the idea of the air raider being able to be and a lot of it is honestly using that mobility to kind of cover up for a lot of mistakes at least. That's the one thing I think that we've seen with this rookie quarterback class of with Mayfield, Darnold, and Josh Allen. All of them utilized their mobility when there was a lot of pressure to kind of cover for some of their offensive lines. Rosen 
is less of that type of a guy for that one, partially because there was just such difficulty on the interior when he would try to either move or bail or a lot of the plays. I think of the Green Bay game where he was having to bail to his right. The fact that the right tackle held up enough in that game for him to be able to get out the pocket and bail to his right to get the ball to Fitzgerald almost felt kind of like it was a mini miracle in that sense because he was just under so much duress. Yeah, and I'll, I'll even throw this example. You brought up Jared Goff. Your golf this year had 47 yard, 4,700 yards passing, 32 touchdowns, had his best season to date in year three. Mm-hmm. And there were folks talking after the Super Bowl that Jared Goff is still not a Sean McVay quarterback, that the, that the Rams could look to move off of Jared Goff at the end of his rookie, um, rookie contract to find a quarterback that best fits Sean McVay's offense. If the media can say that about a quarterback who just had a career year, got his team to the Super Bowl, granted he didn't play well in the Super Bowl against you know the best dynasty in the history of the league. And he didn't um, get a lot of help either from the, that's from right. other guys. That's right. Yeah, issues. missing multiple receivers. His, his star running backs hurt. If the media can say that about Jared Goff, who is right now a top 12 quarterback easily with McVay in this league, of course they're going to dog on Rosen. They're going to dog on Rosen until Rosen comes out and proves to everybody that he was worth the 10th overall pick, that he his bravado is being backed up by his play, and I believe he will do that. If anything, this should motivate Josh Rosen to the, to the extent that he will be ready next year to prove everybody wrong. And I think, thankfully, he's got the right coach in place. They are going to supplement the hell out of that offense with new faces, with competent players, with new patch catchers. Fingers crossed that they hit on a couple offensive linemen, and we're going to really see what he can do. Now, if we're having this conversation a year from now, and Rosen was hurt, unimpressive, which, again, all of those things could happen. We're at that point now. If, if, if that's the conversation we're having next year, then by all means, be aggressive. Look for the next guy. Don't waste any more time. <laughs> Trevor, have- the Trevor Lawrence 2021 train is already going to yeah. be sailing from because some people have already moved on from Josh Rosen after that. There's some people who I know moved on after, you know, the Bears game through the interception. Some people are like, oh, let's see what Glennon has the next game. And so that's that's just the nature of the NFL is that it's not a patient league. And you'll see a lot of issues as far as with not just fans, but even with media. And it, it is kind of interesting because the, the, unlike the Rams, the Rams traded up their first round pick in the next year to go up and get Jared Goff. Cardinals That's right. That's right. have fallen into this position of they can choose whoever they want to pick in the draft. That's part of the reason why we're having this conversation. If they were picking number two, maybe you'd see some of the stuff for that one. But it's more of, I think, the, the it's gotten into people's heads of Cliff Kingsbury. Hey, take him number one overall. Well, guess what? Cliff Kingsbury's team happens to be up there number one overall but the regime that drafted and traded up for Josh Rosen last year is still the same regime and the Cliff Kingsbury who as we've talked about essentially picked Josh Rosen and the Cardinals organization structure over Sam Darnold and the Jets is still the same Cliff Kingsbury so that'll be interesting to be able to see I do want to touch a little bit just on now this is going to be kind of a little bit of devil's advocate here because I know people have talked about with just with Kyler as a prospect, I think the biggest, if I had to say as far as advantages he has is you're kind of looking at a, uh, as far as the utilization of how you would use maybe a Russell Wilson mixed with some of how you've used Trubisky on the run. But the biggest difference that I've seen at least as far as with it is Kyler as a pocket passer can play and pass from the pocket, but it's not that he, it's the biggest strength that he has uh, some just kind of numbers that people have gone over at least that seem to be interesting is thanks to Oklahoma spreading the 
offenses out with it being in the Big 12. You've seen a lot of three-man rushes from that, and so he's performed, played well from the pocket. But you haven't seen as much as far as multiple years like you did with a Baker Mayfield, like you even did with a Patrick Mahomes, be able to see them being able to manage and work from the pocket. There's a lot of kind of questions about if Kyler Bales too soon. There's areas he could develop in, obviously. I don't ever want to roll that out. Um, I don't think it's a question of limited upside as far as what the athleticism and other areas, but it does kind of come down to the question of he has to be so significantly better, like you're talking about, uh, the caliber of the, like, the Mahomes, the Watson, or a caliber of being ahead of a Josh Rosen. And I don't know if I see that quite with Murray. I think I'm in the boat with you where I think that this is a guy who goes late first because of the the way that things are set up with the core, with the quarterback contracts and that fifth year option with the CBA. And the other thing I think we want to talk about is let's, let's go, let's go down the rabbit hole of what happens. Let's say the Cardinals, they draft Kyler Murray number one overall. What are you going to do with Josh Rosen? Because you're not going to keep the two quarterbacks. Uh, I ran through and did a quick thing with over the cap just to take a look at least. And I'll do a little bit more in depth on this, at least with revenge of the birds. But when you look at the cap numbers for Josh Rosen, with Kyler Murray, and then you add in the fact that they still are paying Mike Glennon, you still have Sam Bradford's cap money still on the roster, which you know shows what a disaster of a deal that was from last year. Uh, the Cardinals essentially would be paying Josh Rosen, if they roll with him, $3.3 million this year, all right? And they're going to be paying, uh, let me pull it up, I believe it's $4 million for Mike Glennon at least this year. So that's, if they keep Mike Glennon on the roster, you're essentially going to be paying him more than you'd be paying Rosen, which is fascinating to me. But you're going to be looking at, if you trade Josh Rosen, you're probably going to be looking at around a $12 million cap hit because you're going to have immediate $8 million in dead money. Plus, you'll lose about $4 million or so because you have to pay that money out. It's guaranteed that's how the rookie scale works. So then you're going to basically be able to add Mike Glennon's contract of about $4 million that you have. Add in a new quarterback now as you're taking Kyler Murray number one overall. Baker Mayfield got paid about $5.9 million last year. Add in that $5 million that you still owe to Sam Bradford. You're looking at a total cap hit of $27,260,427. So you're talking about essentially like not quite Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers money, but like you know, the Ryan Stafford, those, that's a huge cap hit to be paying for your quarterbacks this year. It's right up in the top part of the cap hits for the league. And essentially going from 3 million, like about three to $7 million in a cap hit up to about 27. Million. That's a lot of dough, a lot to take on. You'd have to basically be not only convinced that Kyler Murray is that much better. You have to be convinced to take away cap resources from the offensive line and from the rest of the team in order to devote that to Kyler Murray. And that's the biggest thing I think that's a holdup, at least overall, is I don't think that there's enough of a push that I see from Kyler Murray to take on that much of a hit and that much of a risk, especially when, as you say, Steve Kime has already made this move. And the Cardinals are in a spot where they have to perform and be able to advance. And you're starting over if you're drafting a rookie, essentially. You're not going to have that many expectations either. Yeah, absolutely. And then you made the best point, Blake. What can you could you even acquire for Josh Rosen at that point? You're going to be selling super low on his stock. And I, I believe the only area for, for it to go is up with another team. That's going to make you look even worse. That's going to add to the fire that Steve Kime can't evaluate first round picks. Um, and again, the worst kind of 
bust. Yeah, that would be another bust of a pick for the first round if you did move on. My goodness. A bust. If the worst kind of bust are the busts that you walk away from claiming they can't play and then they go and they succeed elsewhere. That's how you get an entire, you know, front office fired. And, and, and that, that would be just, it would be, it would be so Cardinals for that to happen. If, if Josh Rosen was traded to not only new England, but you know, Pittsburgh or something like that, where he became the heir apparent in a franchise quarterback and waiting and had success. And, you know, I, I believe in Rosen and I believe he would be driven to prove the Cardinals wrong. And, and thankfully, I, I, I think this is all hearsay. I, I don't think any of this is factual. Again, if, if Andrew Luck was in this draft class because of the greatness of, of Andrew Luck coming out as a prospect, heck, if, if Trevor Lawrence was in this draft class, um, coming off, you know, year two standout sophomore season. I mean, you could have this conversation, and I wouldn't love it because of my, you know, infatuation with Rosen. But I could, I could wrap my brain around it. Kyler Murray is just such a unique prospect that he is not the kind of individual that you take two years running at at the quarterback position. You do that at the number one overall pick when there is a surefire lock you know, future Pro Bowl quarterback that you have to take first overall. And it's really, and, really we've, have we ever seen a quarterback that's gone in the first round and another quarterback go the year after, especially after a team? To the same team? Up. I don't, I don't remember it. I know, I know. Second the, rounders, here's, second rounders, here's the closest yeah. thing I can think of is the closest thing I can think of is in 2010, the Carolina Panthers took Jimmy Clausen in the second round at like pick. Let me look at, um, let me look up Jimmy Clausen where he went in the draft. Jimmy Clausen was the 48th pick in the 2010 draft. Remember, he fell. There was talk of him being, you know, the first overall pick. Mel Kuyper, who's a Notre Dame homer, thought he would go that early. He, they were terrible that year. Carolina was awful. Um, Clausen was awful. They cleaned house, and then they took Cam Newton first overall next year. Um, but – that is that is so that's back to back top fifty picks on a quarterback, but I can't think of back to back first round picks on a quarterback. Yeah. Um, and so I I just it would be such a historic moment. I mean I get that that a lot of the Cardinal fans and listen like this this stuff doesn't make me angry. I think there's a misconception oh, yeah. that, that we're angry yeah. about this. That it's that it's bad press. I mean all press is good press for the Cardinals right now because they were so inept and boring and just a non-factor in the NFL last year. It's like the number one story in like the national media today in the middle of like an NBA season. NFL is over and people are just going crazy about all this. It's great that they've got some juice. It's great that folks are are pubbing up a a Kingsbury type of quarterback because at least people know what to expect from Kingsbury offensively. I get that. And again, people are coming out and saying Rosen isn't a Kingsbury guy. It means they, they have some kind of an idea of, of what Kingsbury is going to bring to the NFL. Yep. All I'm saying is Kyler Murray, I believe, is going to walk into the combine at the end of the month. He's going to measure in at about 5'9 and a half. And his college program said he's 5'11. He's not 5'11. I, I cannot, for the life of me, after a year where I traded up for a quarterback, take a 5'9 quarterback first overall when this team has so many other needs. You have, to, you have needs. We've talked about it endlessly. You could use another pass rusher. You need one or two disrupted defensive tackles. You need an inside linebacker, if not two. Secondary looks better, but offensively, you could take justifiably any position early offensively 
outside of quarterback and running back. I mean, this team is by far down there with the Oakland Raiders, down there with the Buffalo Bills is some of the worst roster construction in the league. And you get that way by taking two quarterbacks in, you know, back-to-back years in, in a row and then and, and having your second quarterback that you're rolling the dice on be a complete wild card. Again, he is not a sure thing. It's, it's, it's frustrating. We're at this point, but at the same time, you know, ever since that Kingsbury clip came out, you know, folks were going to connect the dots with Arizona. Yeah, the interesting part that you're that we even even talked about is it's not even just the cost that you look at because I mean if you're talking about twenty seven million dollars being paid to quarterbacks this year, where you essentially are taking every advantage that the rookie quarterback contract gives you and are filling in most of the gaps, at least with a lot of dead money and then adding a new quarterback contract on top of that to the position. You're also essentially, like you even talked about, what are you going to get for Rosen? I've tried to at least gauge that with a few people. Some teams, like mostly it's uh, the biggest team that seems to stand out for that one seems to be uh, two two fan bases, Jaguars and Giants. Giants, because the Giants at least were apparently debating between Rosen and Barkley, decided to go with Barkley and stick with Eli Manning. They would not be wanting to probably give up their first round pick, obviously. Some Giants I know have seen and talked about the Giants' second round pick. The other are some Jaguars fans who are, uh, you know, they poor guys have had to deal with, you know, with Blaine Gabbert to Blake Bortles and repeated years as far as top 10 picks go. They've been kind of saying, hey, we'd be willing to give up a bit more because for them, it, them just giving up seven would cost less than it would be to trade up all the way to number one for Dwayne Haskins. So those are kind of the areas or spots. Maybe there's others. But like you said, if, if the Cardinals are committed to saying, hey, we do want to go after Kyler Murray, if they do decide to make that decision like you said teams are going to hold them on it because they'll say well you're not going to be able to keep the two quarterbacks you're going to need to get some of that taken care of with trading the quarterback because you just can't have that guy on the roster you can't have the questions and you can't have the cap you got to have at least some relief so the fact that that's the matter is you're not going to get a top 10 pick for Josh Rosen you you know traded up for him last year multiple teams in the top 10 passed on him so that's not going to be that the league was incredibly high on him I think he redeemed a lot of those factors in his first year at the questions about the leadership, about what the commitment, about a the lot durability. of the durability, especially to like, you know, you saw him take some nasty hits at the end of the year, come off the field, get some ice, get back up there on the field. He finished out the entire rest of the season. And, you know, I was just excited that we got through the end of the year for that one. He showed it cased off the durability. So I think he proved some of those areas wrong. The biggest one obviously is he hasn't taken that step on the field. Like we saw and expected from the Seahawks game, some of that obviously is the talent around him and the coaching staff, obviously, but it's going to be a spot where the Cardinals are essentially going to be trapped in a corner saying, Hey, yeah, we're taking Kyler. Oh, well, yeah. Trade your top 10 pick for Josh Rosen. No, please, please, please do. No, like we, we need you. It, it's going to be really difficult, obviously to move him. And so a lot of teams might even end up lowballing or not having as much of a competition. I would think at least maybe the Cardinals, if anything, they would be, you know, letting people know that he'd be available to try to drive up a competition. I think what they're looking at right now is the Cardinals are content to let this go because it does create the discussion. It also does create, you know, a lot more teams that inquire, question about the number one pick, have a lot of teams, like you said, hey, you know, if you're looking at, let's say a team is looking at, hey, for a quarterback with that one, if you're not committed to Rosen, are you going to take Dwayne Haskins? What's the cost for us to get up to there? Are you interested in, not interested in Nick Bosa? Well, hey, 
Oakland Raiders, you know, you want to move up, we give up four, 24, 27. I think that that's where the Cardinals are right now, at least is not that they're going to be content to let this slide. They've already come out against with this talk, but I think that this is something we're going to see through the whole off season. And really it just comes down to until your quarterback can go out and prove it on the field, you're ultimately not going to really have, you're not really going to have an answer, I think, per se, at least. Uh, we've seen, obviously, recency bias play, and I've said that too. Kyler had a Heisman season. We've also seen how Colin Kaepernick, I think at one point, was called like the greatest quarterback prospect we've ever seen. And he had two struggling years. There's a lot of reasons why he should still be in the league, a lot of reasons why he still struggled and didn't take that step forward that many projected he did. So a lot of it, like you said, John, is, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you're rolling the dice and risking on. The biggest thing I would say with Rosen is if you're asking me if I'd rather have Kyler Murray and maybe two second round picks are going to the season with Nick Bosa, with a Quentin Williams, a top end talent and Josh Rosen on a cheaper rookie deal. To me, it's, it's a no brainer. I don't think that you yep. need to upgrade at the quarterback position so much as you need to build a team around a quarterback when you find a guy that you believe in. And that's the hardest thing I think for me is you essentially would be giving up on a really, really talented player. And so in that case, you're not just giving up contract wise, you're essentially giving up a guy who might be pairing with Chandler Jones for years and organ giving up a boatload of yeah, draft picks and points that up. Yeah, great point. I think that's a point that's not discussed enough. What happens to Joey Bosa? What happens to Quinn and Williams? You're punting on that position. If you get a, a you know a late second or mid second for Josh Rosen, which I, I've seen people discuss that's his value at this point. I think that's ridiculous, but let's just say that you get picks, you know, forty five. I mean, you're not going to get a player of the caliber of, of Bosa or Quinnen Williams or even some of these second-tier defensive ends. So then you've compounded your problem. You've got a, a quarterback now that you're going to roll the dice on that's got a track record in the NFL that undersized quarterbacks historically. And, and by undersized, I, I mean height and weight. We've never seen anyone since Doug Flutie, which it was interesting, yeah. actually, like, with, I had to look back to see, like, with Doug Flutie with his career. He was okay. Like, you know, it wasn't like he was a top end. Maybe Kyler and the new NFL with how it works out with the coaching and everything, maybe it's different. But what was interesting was where Doug Flutie ended up was the only other scenario I've seen that was even similar to what the Cardinals had, which was one player. The Chargers, the Chargers and Drew Brees, because they drafted Drew Brees. It was in the second round, first pick of the second round. It wasn't a first round pick, but he suffered a awful terrible knee injury that year uh, before they had Eli Manning with their number one pick they he only played 11 games that year it was just a spot where some people thought his career might be over the Dolphins effectively didn't sign him to a contract because they were just saying no your knee is just you know it's too bad with your injury that you have so the Chargers go draft Eli Manning he decides he doesn't want to play for them which is something that's another interesting question about does Kyler Murray you know have ability to just tell teams he wants to play baseball instead he gets traded to the Giants the Chargers end up with Phillip Rivers it's the only situation I've seen that's similar and so it's not that there was a better quality quarterback prospect it was that their plan essentially had failed or went out the window completely and everything else like that you said John it's it's either a Jimmy Clausen or like we saw a few years ago a Sean Kaiser where you kind of spend a mid second round pick not really putting too much into it things will awfully wrong at 0 and 16 you got a guy sitting there at number one I don't see this as being that same type of situation but perhaps it's because I saw a bit too much of Rosen on the field maybe not enough of Kaiser and I think it just comes down to I would take Baker Mayfield 10 out of 10 times over Kyler Murray obviously and I think most NFL teams would probably agree with that too yeah and you could echo that I'd say the same thing about Sam Darnold you know how I felt about Sam Darnold I'd 
I'd say the same same thing to the effect of um, Josh Rosen at this point. I, I think Josh Rosen is a better quarterback prospect and still better quarterback to this day than Kyler Murray is at, at the NFL level. Kyler Murray was better at the collegiate level, but that is not the barometer he set. He one for year of 14 NFL. games for all of that, too, and that's the other thing that's mm-hmm. interesting was when we put Josh Rosen in Oklahoma, Kyler Murray at UCLA, there's, there's a lot of things that go into it as far as with the talent prospects, too. Yeah, Rosen started three years. Now he had some injury concerns. I think he quieted that down this year. Kyler Murray has one year starting. We haven't seen a quarterback come in and have a lot of success after one year starting, other than you could argue Mitch Trubisky, and he had a lackluster rookie season, and I believe is a limited quarterback in the sense that he has to run to be successful. He's in a one-read offense. And again, I'm not saying that he's Kyler Murray is going to be Mitch Trubisky, but I think at this point – you know, we can talk ourselves into a lot of things, especially at the quarterback position. When your quarterback, for whatever reason, is not productive on a given year, you can op- you're open up to criticism, right? I just I think the Cardinals have too much invested in Rosen at this point. Uh, he was, in my opinion, the one that stood out and took the criticism and dealt with the scrutiny and never complained and didn't publicly, you know, shame his coaches or the players around him, didn't call his offensive line. And for everybody that worried pre-draft that, you know, he can do great things on the football field, but he's got a huge ego. I mean, I think Rosen proved a lot to a lot of people locally that this guy can command the locker room, is well-liked by his teammates, took a, is, is tough as hell, took a beating a year ago, and now everybody wants to criticize his on-the-field work, which is kind of the opposite of a year ago. I watched Greg Cosell break down Josh Rosen collegiate film and said he is the best pure thrower of the football in this class. And then you watch his debut against, I believe, the Seattle Seahawks, where he had, what, six drops in that game? He were, you know, four or five drops away from having one of the greatest rookie debuts of all time. Should have led them on a game-winning drive. And then it spiraled out of control because he had such inept talent and coaching around him. And that will yeah, the that third and two. He should have had a game-winning drive there in that third and two, yep. as we talked about. And, you know, you put this at, hey, uh, any coach would say, put the ball in his arm. He's got the hot hand. Instead, you end up taking David Johnson off the field, put a rookie running back on. Terrible delayed handoff play call. At least that's there. And then when they kick the field goal, at least they still could have won the game for that one, missed a field goal. Then the Seahawks do what they do, and that was it. So I would agree with you that there seems to be a lot of – all the positive. I even remember someone, people who were looking at it where it was like saying, wow, like look at this game winning drive that Josh Rosen just went on in the fourth quarter, you know, scored the two touchdowns of this huge comeback against the Niners for that one, despite all of the struggles and difficulties in the game. Like he's going to be good, get some talent around him. They bring in Cliff Kingsbury with this air raid offense ideologies that really at least teams like, oh, he's not a fit anymore. Just go ahead. You got to get rid of him. Go ahead and draft Kyler. And it's been a weird, weird kind of shift that I've seen, that I've seen at least from the media. Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't think it's going away anytime soon other than if Kyler goes to the combine and measured it, measures in at like five, nine and a half. And then folks will really, I think, have their eyes open. Uh, and I think you'll start to hear more and more about how impressive somebody like Dwayne Haskins looks, how impressive somebody, look, uh, somebody like Drew Locke looks. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll start to see, okay, Kyler probably slip down into his rightful tier, which I believe he's a tier two quarterback in this draft. Still worthy of a first-round pick, but does he go second half of the first round uh, like Lamar Jackson did a year ago? I think that's more likely, Blake, because I I do believe that the teams that need quarterbacks this year 
you remember last year it was a gauntlet, right? The Cardinals yeah. never thought they'd be able to get one of these top-tier quarterbacks. There were so many teams that were interested. I think this year it's a little bit more spread out. I think there are options for teams if they don't want to go quarterback. And, again, a lot of teams have taken a, a, a you know, first- or second-round quarterback over the course of the last three years. So I think for the first time in a while, you've got probably only a handful of teams who you would say, man, they, they really need a franchise mm-hmm. quarterback. The Miamis of the world – Probably the Cincinnati's, the Jacksonville's. You know, we say the Giants every year, but they haven't been able to pull the trigger. But, you know, other than that. The Skins are the biggest one, I think, as far as for with not just Jay yep. Gruden's scheme, but they committed all these dollars to Alex Smith. Can't really pay any of these veteran quarterbacks to come in because of that. So maybe you have to go and kind of look at the draft. Yep. You look division by division. The NFC West, you figure, is set. Uh, the NFC South, of course, the Saints could always look for one uh, after Drew Brees. Maybe the Buccaneers, but the Panthers and Falcons are set. The Gosh, NFC I North is I set. I cannot out. see Bruce Arians drafting Kyler Murray. No, I don't know. About no, no, no. He's all, I think he's all in with Jameis. I think he's going to be all in with Jameis like he was with Carson, um, at least for this first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they could they could pick somebody next year. But um, you know, the NFC North, maybe Matthew Stafford. But, I, again, they have so much money committed to him. Uh, the NFC East, we've talked about it. I think the Cowboys are a sneaky team to maybe look at one. But again, later down the line, may, probably not in the first round, like you mentioned, the Skins, the Giants. And then you look at the AFC West, the Broncos clearly need a quarterback. But again, how many times is Elway going to whiff on a franchise quarterback? Uh, my guess is, and Benjamin Albright kind of echoed this, they're going to stick with Keenum for another year. So, again, they could look maybe, at developing one of these Drew Lock, guys. Maybe Drew Locke would be the mm-hmm. one that I know I've talked about as far as, like, with Elway's strategy. And, but, yeah, it's interesting because when you look at the teams that are there outside of the Dolphins and the Skins, what what team's going to take Kyler Murray in the first round? Because they're either picking really, really high up, you'd have to fall in love, unless John Gruden, like, kind of loses, you know, his mind picks him at four. I have a feeling, at least, and this is what I've even talked about, is there's potential that the Cardinals could end up seeing uh, him being there on the board at 33 if a team's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, want to take him. I, I still think that the Patriots would be a team that would trade back, at least. You would have to think that there would be a team that would move up to 32 just for that fifth-year option, just in case it's, it's cheap enough. But if he is there at least maybe that's kind of the trade back scenario you'd be looking for is being able to say like hey like you're not sold on this guy in the first round for that one well here you go go ahead show us what you've got i, I think that's going to be fascinating that was kind of where i know we you and i have at least talked about that multiple times of how are the cardinals going to be able to kind of balance out acquiring talent acquiring more assets and perhaps that's the way that the cardinals end up seeing it is kind of putting out a lot of these feelers to teams and ultimately, it's going to be a, a long offseason, honestly, for, for Josh Rosen up until the point that they can kind of get him in with Cliff and working and until, you know, you can actually start seeing some of this this new Cardinals plan being able to take shape and being able to find success. So uh, let's close out. we got a quick hitter tonight, John. Let's close out at least with your kind of final thoughts. At least I know you had a, a kind of infamous tweet that you have at least that went out today. But what are your final thoughts at least about these – Kyler Murray and the Cardinals rumors that are there. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, my, my final thoughts are I, I hope to God the Oakland Raiders trade Derek Carr and then simultaneously move up for the number one overall pick to take one of these quarterbacks so we can put this to bed and the Cardinals get a bounty. But again, if, if the Raiders moved up for Haskins, people would still probably mock uh, Murray to the Cardinals at four. So again, it oh, probably gosh, is yeah. not. The speculation probably is not going to end unless the Cardinals, for whatever reason, move down to like seven with Jacksonville. But at the same time, I think there's going to be 
much more clarity as we go through the off season, as we go through, through free agency. I have no concern. I put out a, a, a tweet this week, Blake, you just alluded to it, <laughs> that I, I will delete my, tw- and I am 100% serious, I will delete my Twitter on social media if the Cardinals take Kyler Murray in the first round. Now, if he fell to the second round and they wanted to roll the dice, maybe you could flip him a year later. You could flip Rosen. Like, I get that. That's an investment. The you take him at one and say, all right, come on, bring it up for that. That was just a yeah. winner. Like, eh, if, just if, because of the crazy if they take him in the first round, if they trade back into the first round, that counts. I will delete my Twitter. <laughs> and I will not start a new one for the foreseeable future. I've built up my followers to a point. I'd like to have more. But, again, I, it would be hard for me to do. But that is that is how certain I am that they will not take Kyler Murray in the first round this yeah, year. Yeah, and, and honestly, like that's the thing is, is like as far as with like you know delete my Twitter account bets. This is a pretty safe bet. Like I, I will be able yeah. to back up for that one. Like the only thing I said was like, eh, there's maybe little kind of pokes or exceptions. But for for me, I'm of the same opinion that. Rosen's the guy moving forward. I think that all of the lines and what the Cardinals have done and stacked up at least, especially just with Cliff Kingsbury, imagine being Cliff Kingsbury, selling yourself to the Cardinals at least that you can take and fix Josh Rosen. Michael Bidwell even shared today at least on uh, the local flagship radio station that, you know, he actually like, he's like, hey, can I have some film of Josh Rosen? All right, well, here's a play that's here. Here's what either we did wrong with offense here's with Josh wrong. here's how I can go ahead and fix it by being able to and so he basically walked through a very hands-on approach at least of being able to interact with with the specific player versus just hey I can fix your offense so imagine getting that job like a an office and then suddenly someone just changes and at least like hey remember that thing that I said that I could do we're gonna go in a totally different direction you hired me like you know to kind of come up with this whole new strategy, at least of, you know, doing online blogs and all that. Screw that. We're basically just going to go full into like taking cute pictures on Instagram. It's, it's like, it's a total change that you're looking at for that type of event. And I, I think the Cardinals, they'll obviously do their due diligence. I don't think that they'll do it as sharply. I, I think that they're going to be not having to worry as much about individual, but I, I'm of the same opinion as you, John. I think that Rosen is the quarterback of the here. And now I think that the Cardinals are in a position where they're going to try to line up within the next two years to get as much for the Josh Rosen as they can so we should be able to know. And I think that I have enough confidence from what I've seen that he can take that step forward. Uh, it'll be interesting to see with some of the little dynamics of how much shotgun is used. It's going to be less under center. Uh, what exactly is it going to see? We're not quite sure of that part of it yet, but I think that from what we've seen so far, at least of Kingsbury and the Cardinals, after they saw Steve Wilkes have difficulties of adapting to his talent, I think you're going to see a lot of a shift at least of trying to have the Cardinals find a guy who ultimately can take the talent that he has find talent and being able to adapt it versus trying to, you know, make Josh Rosen being able to run these quarterback draws or a lot of the other complicated moves. And I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see that. I'm also excited for this off season because as like you said, John, there's a lot of great fodder. The Cardinals are the center of attention for a long time here. And we, you know, we got to have a podcast where we didn't have to talk necessarily about Nick Bosa. And that might be kind of the nicest relief that we've had for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I yearn to get back to that point where we can talk quarter or not quarterbacks specifically uh, positions of need and prospects of need for the Arizona Cardinals, realistic prospects um, because we were at a point before this Murray news kind of broke again this week where it was kind of settling back into the, yeah, it's probably going to be Joey Bosa if they can't trade down, or excuse me, Nick Bosa if they can't trade down. Um, I hope to get back to that point. Yeah. That would be great. It would be great if, if, if Nick could come and dominate the combine like I know he can, and Kyler Murray looks so-so, and we can just say, okay, unless you want to come up Oakland, 
We're happy to take our franchise defensive end at number one overall. We're going to add some key players in free agency. Hopefully, Kime can work his magic, you know, in the middle to late rounds and find some contributors. But this is this is a process. This is a complete rebuild. And again, I know you want to take advantage of the Josh Rosen rookie contract, but at the same time, this is not a team that's going to compete by all accounts for a playoff spot next year. You just want to see strides made by the young players, mm-hmm. and you want to be able to develop the players that you have. So Definitely I, agree. I, I, honestly, I honestly believe that if the Cardinals can just stay true to what their plan is and not go all in – and I'm a little bit concerned with some of these free agent signings, and we'll get to it in the past, mm-hmm. that they're, they're looking at let's be competitive next year. Um, and I, I caution fans who, who are in the mindset of let's go and sign a bunch of free agents to be competitive in 2019. This is, this is a long-term play, and the draft needs to reflect that. Yeah, and I, I think at least as we uh, wrap up for tonight, I, I think I'd echo that also of we could even talk about a 6-10 and 10 record of next year and considering how when you're looking not just at the record but the 32nd rank, the struggle, the difficulties, I think that you could probably take a look and say, yeah, that'll be a positive. Maybe expectations are going to be varying depending on how the defense looks, how the offense is. A lot of stuff that's unknown, but one thing I think that we do know overall is that if the Cardinals do decide to move on from Josh Rosen, there's going to be a lot of fallout that comes from it. And I think it's the thing that we can at least say right now is that we can feel pretty comfortable in our predictions of that. Saying, hey, Josh Rosen, he's going to be the guy for 2020, probably even 2021. It's not going to be a guy like a Kyler Murray that we're going to have to worry or talk about. I think it's not something that you can totally put to bed, like I would say 99% chance, just because there's always things that can change and happen in the NFL. But I think overall, this is the stage that we're at with Cardinals fans, at least. And for those fans who are kind of worried or wondering or maybe saying, hey, are the Cardinals going to pass on a better prospect for that one? I, I think, you know, you can look at the guys like the Jared Goffs or the other the other places and realize it's still about building a team. Like, it's not that Russell Wilson has gotten to the Super Bowl every single year. This is a time where you have to see Jared Goff on a rookie quarterback contract get all the way to a Super Bowl. That's ultimately the goal for the Arizona Cardinals. And I do think that they have a guy at least who will we'll see over time for that, but I think they've got a lot more in place where they can make that next step toward that Super Bowl with Josh Rosen and not Kyler Murray at the quarterback position. All right, that'll wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, John, can you go ahead and, as we always close, uh, just give your Twitter account for where you can at least have the followers go to interact or at least to see the tweet that you now have pinned on your site of that you'll delete your account if the Cardinals draft uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah, go check out my Twitter account while it's still active for the next four months before I have to delete it when Steve Kime makes me burn my house down. Uh, it's at Johnny's Football, J-O-H-N-N-Y-S Football. Blake, where can they find your content? Uh, yeah, they'll be able to find that on revengeofthebirds.com as well as at Blake Murphy 7 I've had some good conversations. It's been really fun to kind of go over the different intricacies of not just the quarterbacking, but looking at the cap issues and just all the different things that go into it. Because it is, it is at least still fun discussions, at least in that sense of, you know, it's almost kind of like the Madden and GMing, but in a real life sense of discussion with that. And it shows how exciting the new NFL is, how exciting it is to have a new coach, at least, who's in this position where, you know, you can talk about, uh, the new and the up-to-date versus having to kind of be looking at uh, just the slowness and the ineptness that we saw previously. So, yeah, I'm working on pulling up kind of the what-if scenario for what happens if the Cardinals do draft Kyler Murray. They should be up on Revenge of the Birds soon on the website, at least, being able to kind of break down that in detail. 
and uh, appreciate everyone who listens to the podcast again. Uh, we've been having kind of a lot of people who are new followers, new listeners are kind of tuning in. It's been great to be able to see and interact with all of you. Uh, make sure, obviously, if you can like and subscribe, we'd love to have a five-star rating. If you love the podcast, love what we're doing, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can also look for us on Stitcher Radio now as well. There's all sorts of great new things to be able to find us and our Twitter account at ROTB Pod. Always interact with us using the ROTB Pod hashtag. Thanks again for joining us. I'll check back in with you. In the meantime, go Cards.